As soon as you get in, it's just pitch black. Like you crawl through some little bits uh, and it's just the occasional sound of water dripping. It was it was really weird because like you're down here, you're like crawling through rivers, uh, squeezing through these very tight spaces. Uh, occasionally there's like one part where you have to turn your head sideways and squeeze in. So it was interesting seeing like how unyielding it is, how dark it is, and strangely how peaceful it was. Hello, salut, bonjour. Welcome to The Lost Bay, a show about indie RPG creators and artists and what's behind their creative processes. I'm Iko. Today, my guest is Anna Blackwell, designer of the solo RPG Delve, or rather the solo RPG series Delve, Rise and Umbra. Delve being the main game and Rise and Umbra expansions on that game. In Delve, you run an underground dwarven hold. As you dig underground, you encounter magic items or beings, NPCs, enemies, treasures. The game is played with both dice and a standard card deck, although it could be played with uh, only a card deck. It's a super rich game, which involves exploration, resources management, storytelling and drawing, as you will draw the map of your hold as you expand it underground. I've been playing role-playing games for uh, literally decades, but I discovered solo RPGs not so long ago. It's a very specific niche within the RPG niche. So the first thing I wanted to ask Anna is how did she start playing solo RPGs? And here's how. A couple of years back, I had to move from Glasgow to Manchester uh, for university, and I didn't know anyone. Uh, it was just me and my partner. I'd spent so many years playing RPGs, and I was like, I have this need for it still that I can't fulfill because I absolutely hate playing online. Can't hack it. So when I was looking around for stuff, I came across Artifact uh, by Jack Harrison, Mousehole Press, and that was the first solo RPG I ever heard of. And the kind of the raw emotionality of that is what really like drew me in, like seeing like how deep you can get into your own mindset. I was on my own in a city I didn't know, playing this rather depressing, but very, very well-made game. Uh, and then from there, like I started, uh, because I write for Tabletop Gaming Magazine, I started pestering the editor. It's like, hey, can I talk a bit more of these games? Because this is so cool. And eventually got put onto things like Iron Sworn, uh, The Wretched, and... Yeah, eventually started making my own. You just said that, yeah, a solo RPG allows you to dive really in, like inside basically your own emotionality. Yeah. Wait, wait, can, you, can you explain that? So when you're role-playing, you get into your character's mind. You kind of get the feelings your character's feeling because you're like a method actor. But when you're role-playing with other people, there's always that kind of like social requirement to like not break down crying at the table and you know don't get angry and stuff like that. But when you're doing solo role-playing, it's just you. It's, you can take it as deep as you like. I really enjoy because it's like expanding your horizons in a sense. And you don't have to share it with anyone so there's no embarrassment over it. Okay. And so how did you discover that you wanted to write like a solo RPG? 
I had started like designing lots of games as a game designer. Like I have a whole Google Drive full of project ideas that aren't going anywhere. Uh, I had been toiling away on this expansive narrative board game that was going to be a nightmare to get to market because it needed so many like cards and pieces and playing mats and that when I saw ZineQuest pop up, that small, it's self-contained. I don't have to worry about getting art and like other people involved. I can just make this and put this out. So I started banding around ideas and something I kind of lucked upon was I was sitting just drawing away a map for a role-playing session and I was doing it side on because I wanted to get that like verticality of it. And I started thinking about games like Fallout Shelter and Dwarf Fortress and RimWorld. Those are great experiences. I love the idea of emergent narrative. Like that is that's my jam. Uh, so I ended up taking this idea and really condensing it into what Delve is now, this really small format Dwarf Fortress-like game. Uh, that is like centered around emergent narrative. Yeah, speaking about narration in like the introduction to to Delve, you say that um, it's it's a game, but it also can be like a, a guideline or a support to write. Yeah, to kind of uh, explain that guideline thing, it's important to know that there is a video game called Dwarf Fortress that uses ASCII text symbols to simulate a massive procedurally generated world. And it is so deeply simulationist that it goes like right down into like dwarfs, individual wants and needs. And it's really, really, really interesting. But it's also the most difficult game to play because it's got such complex menus and systems and requirements. So, so you've played it, right? I've tried to play it a few dozen times. I, I lack the understanding to actually get anywhere in it. But what I love is reading people's stories. So that's what I wanted to create, that emergent narrative of here are a bunch of mechanical systems interacting in this simulationist way. And then you randomly generate this monster and delve that comes up and it wrecks your hold and you either survive or you die. And from that, this creates this like wonderful emergent narrative you can then like tell your friends or tell other people are playing Delve, which is what happens on the Delve Discord a lot. People share their maps and they're like, you know, this is where Karzob, the black-blooded, uh, managed to break up through my granaries and destroy my food supplies. So you write, you write like your own adventures? I mean, when you're uh, like... Yeah, so, so like once I've like ran through a hold, like I'll be writing like kind of the big events of it is sort of like chronicling the history. And sometimes it can lead to like really strange moments, uh, but sometimes you create really epic bits of history that are just like, yeah, that's going in my next like campaign that I run. So Delve and the other games of the Delve series are at the same time a game, a solo RPG game, and a framework, a tool to create emergent narrative fiction. In the last iteration of the Zin of Zins, I've put a link to a story Anna Blackwell wrote. It's a chronicle of uh, one of her game sessions with Delve. It's super fun and it's an example of what emergent narrative actually is or can be. Uh, well, emergent narrative is when a story emerges from gameplay mechanics interacting uh, in unexpected ways. Because humans are really, really good at seeing patterns, players can end up creating meaning and narrative out of what are essentially just random events firing off. A few days before we did this interview, Anna was doing a solo bike uh, hike. Actually, she told me that hiking is the national sport of Scotland. I really envy that as I love hiking and I imagine there's like 
beautiful and gorgeous countryside in Scotland. She told me that everybody does hiking, biking, climbing there. And uh, she does too. And actually, she also does caving, like caving underground in actual natural formations and caves and tunnels. You actually do caving, like <laughs> in real life caving. Uh, so you started in 2019, so before, before Delft. What's, what's the feeling down, down there? How does it feel? Oh, it's, it's quiet. It's like so unexpectedly quiet. Uh, and as soon as you get in, it's just pitch black. Like you crawl through some little bits uh, and it's just the occasional sound of water dripping. And if you turn off your light, your lights, it's apparently darker than outer space because literally no light can get down in there to the point that you start hallucinating if you leave your lights off long enough. Because there's no light getting down there, you physically can't see it. Your brain just thinks you can. It was, it was really weird because like you're down here, you're like crawling through rivers, uh, squeezing through these very tight spaces. Uh, occasionally, there's like one part where you have to turn your head sideways and squeeze in and you can't even turn your head while you're in there. It was that tight. So it was interesting seeing like how unyielding it is, how dark it is, and strangely how peaceful it was. Because like, <laughs> and I'm probably going to regret like admitting this on a podcast, but I used to be afraid of the dark up until annoyingly recently. And yet once we were down in the cave, I flicked my light off. Like, I just sat there in the dark and it was so peaceful and relaxing because there's nothing down here. Yeah. That's just you, basically. Yeah, it's just you. Just you and your thought. Yeah, I think partially that's what was kind of bringing a lot of that inspiration for Delve was just, this is the environment that dwarves apparently live in. Uh, big crystalline formations we were seeing, like all the like, uh, stalactites, stalagmites, all the salt, like carving this to suit their needs. And it is amazing down there. Yeah. Are you going back? Caving? Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, we talked about solo RPGs, of course, because this is what you do. And uh, but let's step back just for a while. And uh, how did you get into like RPGs in the first place? When yeah, uh, I had an older friend who kind of explained the concept to me, and that was when I was like twelve-ish. And I was like, oh my god, yeah, I really want to play that. I'd love to play that. And I never got the chance until in high school, would have been about fourteen or fifteen, and suddenly a group of friends all had the same idea at the same time. It's like, let's play Dungeons and Dragons. None of us owned Dungeons and Dragons, but we had a rough idea that it involved dice, rolling dice to uh, see if things worked and then making up a story as you go along. So my first introduction to role-playing was a D6. If you rolled over four, you succeeded. And that was it. That was just this most basic and raw role-playing experience. So you made your own rules basically, right? Yeah, yeah. we just, just made that up. Just that's how we thought it worked. And, uh, what and what was the setting? Was it like a med fan game? or uh, Like general fantasy. Uh, okay. And then we moved straight from that to Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2.5 edition, <laughs> which was such a jarring switch to go from, yeah, all the freedom in the world to how many pounds of rope are you carrying? And, uh, and you kept playing with those people? Yeah, yeah. Uh, kept playing with those people. I uh, moved from... 2.5 very swiftly onto 4th edition. Uh, 
eventually I start, I found a local game shop uh, run by an amazing eccentric old man uh, who got me to try things like Vampire the Masquerade, Savage Worlds. Uh, yeah, like I picked up any, like whenever I had money, like I was a teenager at this point, so like I'd save up and I would get different systems because I was like, yeah, yeah, we've done a fantasy campaign. Now let's do this like weird sci-fi one. Well, as you probably can guess, after playing so many games and systems, Anna quite quickly started designing her own games. First a non-solo RPG and then Delve, her solo RPG, and its uh, expansions, Umbra and Rise. Actually, Anna is not only a solo RPG designer, she's also a strong solo RPG advocate. She's been writing in several magazines about solo gaming. I had went to university for game design, like video game design, uh, and then could not find work in any video game design place because my course didn't prepare me for actual video game design stuff. It was more app development. They wanted us to do mobile games. So feeling dejected and depressed over that, I ended up uh, going into freelance writing because I had some experience in that. And I got a lucky break with Tabletop Gaming Magazine, uh, who I like emailed uh, the editor at that point, Matt Jarvis. And I was like, hey, I will write for you for free. Just I need a chance. And he was like, don't be like that here. Your idea sounds good. We'll pay you 50 pounds on you go. Yeah, that got me into freelance writing and I was getting really comfortable with that. Basically, after discovering Artifact and then getting uh, Tabletop Gaming Magazine to agree to let me to like cover some more uh, solo games. I started for quite a while about kind of early 2020 and late 2019 writing so many articles about like you know here are the games you can play on your own that are RPGs because everyone needs to know about these things and like I was just writing article after article about these like types of games until I saw this opportunity to do something like small and actually what I wanted with game design. I've actually got this kind of like running joke uh, where if there's a board game magazine in the UK uh, even if it's just one issue, I will be in there somewhere. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, Delve is a very rich and complex game. It has so many features, resources management, and NPCs, story, crafting. In Anna's own word, the game is in between RPG and board game. So of course, I was very curious about the development process for the game. And here's Anna about it. I, I draw, I doodle all the time. Uh, I'm looking at my wall behind my desk and I've got a bunch of my drawings, a bunch of my partner's drawings uh, that I'm really pleased with. Oh, okay. So that's my chicken, the my weird winged oh, cat yeah. creature. It's a bit blurred, but I, but I can see. Yeah, and then that's also my list of games that I'm making. That's a lot. That, yeah, like, that's a lot. That's a long list. Yeah, uh, not all solo games either. Uh, so the starting point was I was doodling a little map, and I realized that this is really fun and thinking about like Dwarf Fortress and the stories that people tell from that, that there's something there I could make a game out of that. Because I studied game design at university, I went, I now need to write a game design document because I'm a designer, which is such a formalized and stifling way to do anything. And I don't recommend it. So I wrote up a little design document of kind of like what I wanted the game to be. And then once I was done with that, I threw it in the bin and I went at it in a more kind of free way uh, where it was what does RimWorld and what does uh, Dwarf Fortress do in order to create the story? So you need to be able to build, you need to be able to put people into the buildings and you need things to happen. And it was just those three requirements that basically built the entire game around it. And what what about the Delve uh, Rise Umbra playtest? How do you, 
uh, how did you do that? I mean, um... I play tested it myself uh, for quite a while, and then I put it out to uh, people on the Delve Discord and like Kickstarter backers, and just said, uh, "Let me know what doesn't work, what doesn't make sense, where you get tripped up, and what you can break." Uh, which was a difficult one because Delve looks like a strategy game, and a lot of people come into it going, "Oh, right, so this is a almost a tower defense." So I have to play it in a very specific way. So when I was getting the feedback, a lot of people were giving me really mechanical feedback. And I was like, okay, that's great. But we're trying to also create a sort of narrative simulation here. So yes, yeah, sometimes there are choices you can make that completely nullify certain threats. Uh, for example, building an elevator shaft and then stalking a bunch of cannons and gunners at the top so they can just look down and fire on the things. Yeah, that's a perfect defense. I'm not going to go out of my way to mechanically punish you. This is a story of a dwarven hold that has cracked the problem of getting things to not come up that elevator shaft. But the problem is you're going to have to expand past that. <laughs> so yeah, so like getting it into other people's hands, it really showed a lot of the, the big glaring problems. But it was also important as a designer to like stick to my guns of, I know what this game is going to be, like shape-wise. Delve is not only a game, it's a series, it's a universe. There's Delve, the original game in which you play a dwarven hold, digging deep underground and being confronted with evil forces. There's Rise, which is kind of the opposite of Delve, in which you play evil forces digging upwards. There's Umbra, a sci-fi tech on the Delve game. And Anna recently has just finished each funding a post-apocalyptic version of Delve. There's a strong community around Anna's games. They meet on uh, Delve's Discord and exchange stories and drawings. And actually, the art cover for three games, Delve, Rise and Umbra, is made by a member of the community who was posting gorgeous map on the Delve's Discord server. Uh, one person on the Discord uh, who lives on the other side of the world uh, was sharing these beautiful map. His stuff was so eye-catching that I reached out to him like, hey, I love your stuff. Would you be interested in doing the covers where it's just the text and you draw a bit of a hold uh, behind it? And thankfully, yeah, he said he'd agree, did it for... Uh, he Instead of getting paid directly, he asked me to instead donate money to WWF, the World Wildlife Foundation, uh, which was like the most selfless thing I've seen. And like because of that, I put a bit more uh, towards it than like what I was intending to pay. So I was like, you know, you know what, that's... That's good stuff. So he did uh, three covers, right? Yep. He did the three covers. They're really beautiful. They are. He also has just uh, handed in the cover for the Delve Feast and Famine expansion. And he did the Umbra Stations expansion cover as well. Anna has released recently the SRD or System Reference Document for Delve that contains license information for producing and distributing Delve, Rise, and Umbra content. So now the members of the community can release their own productions. And to me, there's no doubt at all that this will strengthen even more the rich and lively community that is built around the Delve series games. And a quick note in the following bit, Anna says she's working on the SRD because we recorded this before the SRD release. Uh, I'm making a system reference document for Delve uh, so that people can start making and selling their own content because I don't want to be a dragon sitting on a horde being like, you know, this is all that exists. 
people have great ideas. They've already shared some great ideas in the Discord. So I want to get that out there legit and make sure people don't worry about sharing that. And one of the things that got announced last year uh, was I itch funded the next game in the series, which is called Waste, uh, a solo game of survival, which is taking the series' uh, map building and taking it to the post-apocalyptic wastelands where it's going to be a bit more like top-down uh explorative uh with these like randomly generated factions but still keeping that heart where it's like quite simple designing drawing your uh your map exploring and finding all these things that exist beyond That was Anna Blackwell, designer of the Delve game series. The Delve universe keeps expanding, but Anna is also working on another game called Apothecaria, a solo journaling game where you play a witch in a Ghibli Scottish mythology-inspired village. In the show notes and on the blog post, I'll put links to her website and to her each page. Be sure to check it, there you can download her games. If you want to know more about Caves Nights with a short fiction written by Anna Blackwell or watch a secret movie, be sure to download the Zine of Zines issue 1 that expands on the theme of the podcast. You can get it for free at tinyurl.com slash zineofzines1 or on my itch.io page, I put links in the show notes. The Lost Bay is a podcast about indie RPG creators and artists and what's behind their creative processes. It's produced by me, Ico, and music is by Every Eyes. If you want to get in touch or get news about the podcast, you can find me on Twitter at The Lost Bay. Thank you so much for listening and salut, à bientôt.